Welcome to Madison Voices. Theater is a reflection of society and the times in which we live. We give voice to the artist's perspective on art, theater, family, and life. We want to take this time to celebrate the talent, passion, and stories of those who are part of the Madison Theater family. Thank you. I'm your host, Angelo Fraboni, Artistic Director of the Madison Theater at Malloy College. I'm excited this week to have two guests from the Malloy College Athletic Department. Why sports at the Madison Theater? Well, over the past weeks, we have been discussing the effects that the quarantine has had on our theater professionals, theater students, and the interruption of our academic school year. The theater has had a close relationship with Malloy Athletics since the theater opened. We have hosted many of their speakers, events, and ceremonies on our stage, and athletes athletics is an important part of our campus life. With school shutdowns and virtual graduations happening across the country, fall semester has been tops of the list in discussions on how institutions are going to deliver education, entertainment, and yes, college sports. The sports world has been affected greatly, and student athletes are trying to figure out whether or not they will be competing this fall. Kelly Thompson, Assistant Athletic Director for Communications, and Patrick McCormick, Athletic Communications Assistant for Malloy College Sports. Welcome. How are you? Thank you for having us. Oh, of course. First of all, uh, what's, what's your responsibilities as a communication director for sports? Sure. So um, Patrick and I kind of tag team since we do have a number of athletic programs on campus. It would be very difficult for one person to handle everything for all of them. Um, so we handle everything. I like to say it that anything that people consume about Malloy Athletics, it comes through us. So that's, you know, it's the website, it's social media, it's our live streams, it's um, handling a lot of the game management in terms of statistics, the music that gets played, public address, um, running our broadcasts, everything like that. And then um, there's a big writing aspect as well to keep the content on the website and social media um, updated and doing some video. So it's a little bit of everything. You wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. So, so the music at sporting events isn't just random. You guys actually plan that, right? We try. So it's, it's, it's like theater. Sports is like theater, right? It's a big show, entertainment show. (laughs) And, uh, Patrick, what about you? I do, uh, Angela, thanks for having me on. And I do everything Kelly Mm -hmm. does. I just assist her. So we break up the sports and we, do all the stats we do all the video we share all the student athletes great stories that they do off the field and it's just trying to get that positive message from the complete malloy student athlete out there many people may see them as just people who score goals or get tackles in rugby but they have such a more complete story and we try to get what they do in the classroom and in the community and get everything on to touch on what you said about theater i like to say sports are like theater but you never get disappointed at the end of a play. I've been disappointed so many times at the end of a sporting event. <laughs> well, if it's a good game, you're disappointed because your team didn't win, but sometimes it's it was an exciting game. You still get that thrill. Uh, so, no, I agree with that. I've been disappointed at the end of play, so don't, don't get me wrong. We've all gone to those movies where you've walked on go, really? That's what they did with this Avengers movie or something? Yeah. So, no, well, thank you for that. Uh, you, you touched on something about the community. This was uh, I was going to ask this later, but since you touched on it, let's talk about that. Um, athletics is much more than just team sports and, and, and the games, right? There's outreach to the community. They do a lot of campus um, 
they're involved on campus a lot. They do a lot of uh, high school um, uh, sports clinicals and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about everything that athlete, athletes do outside of their sports on campus. Sure. So I think when, when we have new freshmen come in, it's part of what we like to really push on to them is that, you know, as a student athlete, you do have this kind of reputation to you are a very public face of the institution that you're representing. So you have this requirement. It's, it's kind of it's you have a lot of pros, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with that, where you are a leader on campus just by being a student athlete. You are representing the Malloy College brand. Um, so that means that you're going to, you know, there are certain things that a Malloy College student is known for doing. And it's, I think it's something that's, you see it a lot, especially at the division two and division three level where they are so multifaceted. But I think at Malloy, we just have such a firm belief in community service and having strong academics that our student athletes really buy into that. They love um, to be there out they are we do our night out on the lion event every christmas it gives local families the ability to leave their children with our student athletes for a couple hours during christmas so they can get some shopping done and they play games and they do crafts and it's, it's really fun for the kids that come but our student athletes really love it they sign up in dozens amount of them to be <laughs> it's fun for them it's a break it's something different um, but they're just so multifaceted with all of the different aspects that they're involved in on campus. And it's really nice to be able to see and to be able to tell people about that. Absolutely. To add on that, uh, we were doing a report for our Hall of Fame and we did over 3,000 community service hours. And I think that really just shows the whole Malloy community together because I'm walking through campus, everyone says hello and everyone knows each other. So you have that tight knit community and student athletes really embrace that and they take it out where on social media, the women's lacrosse team did a event for a girl named Mary and they all wore the color she was wearing for the organization she was on. And we did different food drives and get different people involved in the community. And they really serve as role models to those younger kids who come to the games and see what they do, because again, they're great athletes, but they're also a lot more than that. And they do that community service. They're good students and just shows what people should look up to. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, younger sports figures, you guys have summer programs every summer. Now this year they've been interrupted, but talk about your outreach. You know, is that part of recruiting for the college or is that just uh, community service? I think it's a little bit of both in that it is a nice way. So with the NCAA, you're only allowed to actively recruit at once a student reaches a certain age. So when we're doing summer camps for, you know, eight to 12 year olds, that's not really recruiting so much as that's just well it's a way to interact with a younger audience and get Malloy in their head for their you know way down the line um it's also it is a fundraising opportunity to have those camps um but then they do have other kinds once they get to the right age that are prospect camps that it is a little more targeted towards recruiting where you know you're a sophomore or a junior and you kind of want to see what you want to show a coach, what you have, that's kind of what those camps are geared towards. But the ones that are for, you know, younger children, like middle school aged is more just, it's a, a summer camp. Oh, that's nice. Patrick, do you have anything to add to that? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good on that one. Uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the interruption this year. Um, 
uh, spring sports. I mean, sports are so different than most of the education. I mean, most of the education, we, you know, we were able to move online very quickly. Even some of the Cap 21, the theater programs, they were able to do some of their programs online. Uh, hang on, let me close that up because I'm, uh, you know, but you can't really move a game online. You can't compete over Zoom. So it happened so suddenly and the whole spring uh, sports season was interrupted very quickly. Basketball, um, baseball, all those sports. How, how was, I mean, your job of communicating this and, and, and we were so uncertain of how long things were going to be shut down. How were you able to adjust or, and how, how was this process for athletics? It was, uh, it was difficult. I mean, Leading up to everything that happened, I was getting ready to go to Florida with the baseball team and Kelly was getting ready to go to Florida with the softball team. I just got back from North Carolina and you hear about this virus coming up and you really don't know how bad it is yet. And they're just talking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I went to dinner and that night they canceled the baseball trip. So it's so at first it was a couple of weeks. We didn't know how long it was. And then they ended up canceling the whole season. And it's a lot of meetings just to make sure everyone had the right information and the right safety precautions to make sure if we were to have fans at games, everyone was taken care of, they can enjoy the game and not worry about getting sick. And once they cancel everything, the first thing you feel bad, you feel bad for the student athletes because along with their work in the classroom and in the community, they put so much work into it, especially the seniors. You don't want their college career to end with the virus and they're not able to play the sport they love ever again on the collegiate level with the teammates they've grown great relationships to with so it was really tough getting that news out there and when we saw that it was how do we alert the fans that the season's not going to happen and how are we going to take care of our student athletes and promote them in that positive light the bittersweet memory i talk about when it comes down to this was that friday our women's basketball team qualified for the ncaa tournament and it was really surprising news because they beat the number one team, St. Thomas Aquinas, in the semifinals, and then they lost to Damon in the final. And based on how it works, they do things regionally ranked, and we weren't sure if they were going to get in as an eight seed or maybe sneak in as a seven seed as well. But that Sunday night, we found out they got the five seed. So people were watching their great body work throughout the season. They were ranked higher than everyone thought, and we were getting ready to play the four seed, the University of Sciences, and Everyone was really excited because we got in big wins during the season, got recognized, and we're getting ready for the NCAA tournament at Delphi. It was close. Everyone was able to watch. Everyone was able to enjoy the success of this team. And the Friday, Thursday or Friday before the game, I'm sorry, the timeline's a little off, but at 4 o'clock they're practicing, and they were told it was canceled. So Coach Pelican's done a lot, and he's great. So when it was canceled, he put his one senior – Catherine Gibson at half court and the scoreboard read it was a two-point game and he gave Catherine the ball and he said Catherine shoot for the championship and the first shot from half court she switched it she he goes we just won the regional <laughs> final and it's one of those great memories where it's fantastic she, they were able to have it they danced around they celebrated they were able to cut down the nets to imitate what it was like to win the regional championship it was such a great bittersweet moment because Catherine hit the shot from half court on the first try, which was unbelievable because that's a really hard shot to hit, but also just to watch him celebrate and just to see it. It was great in that fact, but it was also sad because their some of their college careers just ended on a dime like that. But it was a nice way to put a positive spin on a negative situation. And it was really great to be in the gym for that moment. Yeah. I mean, 
people might not know Malloy Sports. They've had quite a, quite a bit of success over the past few years, the softball team, the basketball teams, and stuff like that. So it is bittersweet. And I always think of like the NCAA tournament with St. John's, who hadn't been in the you know basketball tournament for probably 30 years, you know, finally got in and they got canceled too. I was, it, it, it's shocking to me. And, it, you know, it, it, besides economically, these kids, you know, like you said, have gone through their entire college career, you know, aiming for something and then they have it just pulled away from them. was just heart wrenching. Uh, so did you get these directives from Malloy college or was it mostly the NCAA that gave, gave these directives and the cancellations? Because each so, each country or each college or each state had different rules at a certain point, correct? Yeah, because it's such a fluid situation and uh, it's different, you know, standards in each state of how they were affected at the time. Um, the NCAA decided that they were going to cancel. So, I guess to make this easier um, to understand, is the NCAA sponsors championships. They don't necessarily sponsor the season. That's up to the institution. So the NCAA sponsors the championship. So they decided that they were going to have their championships canceled for the spring and the rest of the winter that hadn't happened yet. Um, so at that point, many institutions, Malloy being one of them, it's almost it's difficult to find justification to compete in a season that you know a championship isn't going to happen. There's no opportunity for that there. So it's almost like what kind of goal are we working towards if there's no end insight to that. Um, and I think that that's more of the first domino to fall is once certain division one teams pulled out of March madness tournament, um, more schools decided they weren't going to do it. And the NCAA says, well, we're going to cancel that. So then they canceled the other divisional programs and the other championships. And then the institutions, it kind of, once that first domino falls, it kind of, everyone else fell in line also as the situation increased. Right. Patrick, anything? No, Kelly covered it all. It was just tough to be in the middle of it because you see the NCAA tournament get canceled. And at first, I mean, you're kind of like, why did they cancel it so quickly? And then, Luckily, they were headed to games. They made the right choice, but at the moment, it was really hard to process and understand. And luckily, there's people who make a lot more money than I do who were able to make that choice in NCAA at the college levels, and they made the right choice because for the safety of the student athletes. And unfortunately, they weren't able to play. But the safety comes first, and they did a great job doing that at all levels, canceling the seasons. And hopefully, we can get back out there healthier, better in the fall. Right. No, it's communication because you you don't just deal with the students and the coaches. You deal with parents. What were the reactions with the parents? Were you guys getting a lot of calls and a lot of uh, emails and stuff? Surprise! I mean, I think part of the benefit was this is that everyone is going through the same situation together. So I do think that everyone was, for the most part, understanding. While as unfortunate of a situation as it is everybody's in the same boat and everybody's going through the same thing. So I think people were were more just sad than they were angry because they knew that this was what had to happen. And then we'll look, we have a very supportive parent, parent base where we'll post something on social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And our parents are very engaged, very encouraging to the student athletes in the program to just keep up the good work. Thank you for all your support for our kids in the program. So our parents are very supportive and very good on that aspect. Yes. And now that school is closed for this year, where it comes come to an end, our summer programs, uh, even in the theater, you know, we had to move our theater um, camps to uh, virtual camps. 
you can't you move your sports. Are you guys doing anything over the summer to to engage these people? Your typical so group? Um, Patrick and I are going to continue to come up with new and creative ways to showcase what our student athletes are doing. Um, part of that is the podcast that we have been doing with the athletic department. We've also been doing um, little video interviews to like give people another way to see our athletes in a different light, not on the field. Um, but otherwise, we kind of are in the same boat as everybody else where we just kind of have to wait and see and hope that we get to go to start. Our preseason usually starts in mid to late August. So we're fingers crossed that we'll be in a position that we can do it even in maybe not fully, but have some sort of uh, return to normalcy. No, no, your spring sports and your fall sports are completely different. Your spring sports were interrupted. How are you guys preparing for fall? Like you said, you're not sure what's going on. How are, you know, you know, how engaged we're going to be. Are you guys taking your lead from the NCAA or are you taking it from Malloy college or the governor, NASA, you know, executives. I mean, there's so many levels of, of authority here that we're all sort of waiting to hear from. I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, we have not made any concrete plans. I think it's too early to be able to do that. So, I mean, I don't mean to speak for Patrick, um, but I think we're kind of planning on business as usual until we're told otherwise. And once we know what our requirements are, we'll plan accordingly. That's kind of part of our job is we have to kind of be able to just roll with the punches and make it work, whatever the situation is. Waiting for the green light, but just to touch on your last question, if I can, looking, looking at this opportunity is so many times during the year, it gets busy with game after game after game. And it's very hard to focus on the student athlete as more than just an athlete. I mean, we see them on campus doing great things, but it's very hard to highlight them. And if there was a nice thing about this process, it's we're able to take a step back and just see the student athlete for the whole person and what they do, some of the things they like to do, which is why I like doing the podcast and getting to know so much because we're just not talking about stats. We're talking about what they like to do in their free time, what they've learned from this experience, have they adapted to online classes. So you really get inside the head of the student athlete and what they're all about to tell their whole story during this time where if games were going on, that schedule gets so hectic with game after game after prep after prep, we may not be able to do that. But now we have it to spread that light. And when things get back, I mean, not sure what time's going to provide, but hopefully do something to the extent of what we're doing now just to show that whole story. No, that's that's great. And you guys do – I mean, athletics – does a lot for their athletes. I mean, this is where the theater comes in because we did talk about in my introduction about the speakers that you guys bring in. Now, are you guys involved with athletes helping athletes as well? Or is that through admissions? Um, I, I think we're involved in more of a, a outside part of it. I couldn't speak so much to the specifics of it. Mm-hmm. But talk about the speakers and, and the things that, that your directors try to do um, to engage uh, them be, beyond, like whether it be a Title IX type of situation or, or you know, um, the partner project. Uh, the, they're always engaging, even campus ministry. They engage these, these um, athletes in many different levels. Sure. So our athletic director, Susan Cassie-Like, is – at the top of wanting them to be these well-rounded individuals as they should. Um, So every year we try to find some kind of speaker to come in. Um, I know in the past we've had 
uh, Rohan Murphy to come in to speak to them. Uh, one year, John Gordon, who's a motivational speaker, came in to speak with them. We do a number of trainings with Title IX, with sexual assault, those kinds of things. Um, and some of that, it goes beyond just Malloy is at a conference level. The conference is par- uh, the East Coast Conference is the conference that we're a member of with the One Love Foundation, um, which is about domestic violence in partnerships. And we just try to continue to engage them and make them developed as as individuals off the field because that's what you know they're in college they're starting their careers and deciding what they want to do with their lives and that's what this time is for and I know Patrick is a lot more involved with some of the campus ministry stuff so if you want to touch on that you're more more versed than I am I mean uh, they have the opening mass and where the athletes are very involved which is nice because it's just showing that Malloy is one community and the student athletes are just that one part of the community and it's nice to bring the student athletes in with everyone else just to bring the community together and see every from everyone from different organizations show that we're all one team and it's just a great thing to unify people. Right. Right. So what's next for, uh, you know, what's next for Malloy sports? I mean, where, where, how do you see this season happening and, and moving forward? I mean, we're all optimistic. I, I look at my theater department and my, my theater and you know i'm always hopeful of what's going to happen what can happen um but the reality may be different so what, what's your hopes what, what are you guys pushing for and how are you communicating especially for recruiting new freshmen into the college uh looking forward to the fall season i mean we've missed spring and there this was a time really to reflect on my end and it's you really miss work i mean you get caught up in the grind of this field but the end of the day, you really love working with the student athletes. You love working with the coaches, love working with the administration we have at the athletic department and in the college in general. And it's just looking forward to getting on the field and seeing everybody again, because our fall and winter seasons were probably two of the best Malloy has had. Our women's soccer team made the East regional final and won the conference. Our volleyball team won the East uh, coast conference and the East regional. And we hosted both. So I was very excited to see all the students, all the parents and the volleyball community come together in our gym and watch us have such a historic event. The women's tennis team won the champion, uh, made the playoffs for the first time. The cross country team came in second. Women's basketball let, made the East, uh, East Regional. The men's basketball team won the championship last year. There were so many exciting events. It was so much fun going to work every day and seeing the different teams be so successful on the, on the field. I look forward to next year just building off of that and seeing all the exciting events that the student athletes take part on the court or on the field or off the court. It's really a great community, which I've said over and over again, and I truly believe that. I just can't wait to get back into it. Yeah, I mean, one quick Quint thing, though. Most most of the kids that come to Malloy College are coming for the degree. They're coming for either nursing or business or whatever, and they play sports but they come to the, I mean, sports are an important reason they choose Malloy because they want to play high level college um, athletics, a collegiate sport, but yet most of these kids aren't going to go pro. And we've had a couple uh, that have gone pro from Malloy college. So with everything so in flux and so is, are you guys having a hard time recruiting these athletes or are they just going to red shirt for a year? I mean, how, how is that going to work? 
So um, the NCAA came out pretty quickly after they canceled the seasons that anyone affected by this is not going to lose their year of eligibility, which is fantastic. So, um, it, I mean, it varies by situation, but a number of our seniors from this year are coming back next year. They're pursuing graduate degrees, um, which is fantastic because it's another opportunity for them to continue their education at another level while also continuing to play their sport and get to have that closure. Um, so we do have a number that are coming back. Unfortunately for some, it's just not in the cards. They're, you know, they're graduating, they're ready to start their career and it's time to move on. Um, and we'll definitely miss them, but it is nice that that option is there for the others. Um, and I think a lot of times with recruiting, um, you're almost decided on where you're going to go before any of this had happened. So I don't know. I do think it affected it to some extent because, having student athletes that weren't supposed to still be on the team coming back, that spot isn't really available anymore. You kind of, it makes, it breeds competition, which is good. And that's what we want. But at the same end, these kids are able to pick whatever they want. If they decide that they no longer want to come, then they're more than willing and able to do that. Um, But I don't think that it's necessarily hurt our recruiting for this year in that a lot of that was already done. Um, And I think people, like you said, they're coming to Malloy Yes, they very much want to play a sport, and I think that plays a big role in their decision-making, but there's no, you know, you can't neglect the academic offerings that Malloy offers them in so many subject areas, like nursing, like business, criminal justice, education, and I think, you know, that's that's not changing just because of the virus. They're still getting that experience, and I think that's helping those decisions get made. You touched touched on uh, pretty much most of the student-athletes are going professional in something other than sports, and we're running a weekly feature called in the field and we speak to different doctors and nurses and big name athletes who are at Malloy uh, players of the year, conference tournament, MVPs, tons of championships, really well-rounded individuals. And in each question or in each answer, they credit their time as a student athlete, helping them, whether it be teamwork or time management in those cases where they're doing extraordinary work, helping those then we're also running alumni features where they may not be nurses, but they'll be police officers or bankers or doing anything else and just crediting their time as a student athlete, working on time management, teamwork, and just how it helped them grow as a person along with their educational experience at Malloy. So it's just their time as a student athlete, their time as an institution that Malloy has so much to offer that even if there are no sports, it still makes it a great choice to get out there and prepare yourself for your life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we talked about the success of, of Malloy sports over the last few years you know, with all the championships and second places and everything. Has that been great for uh, recruiting as well? Does success breed success, you know? I think it does. And it's more, um, you hear the name. So volleyball, they went to the national championship tournament. That's the highest of the highest level that you can get to. Um And you're just, it's more exposure. So where people from California or Texas or Minnesota, they might not know Malloy College. It's on Long Island. It's not on their radar. But once you hear, once you're getting to that higher level and your audience is growing, you're like, oh, maybe I want to look into them. Maybe I wanted to go to New York, but I didn't know that this school existed. Um, So it's opening a door that they might not have known before. And I do, I do agree with your statement exactly that success does breed success. If you have success, people that are aiming for that, they want to be in those shoes. Men's basketball won a championship last year. When you speak to all of their incoming freshmen from this year, 
that's what they want. They say, I want to go to the NCAA tournament. I want to be able to do that. And you hear it time and time again, that once you get to that, you know, that top level, that national tournament that you're qualifying for, people want to do that. That's their goal. The recruits are also, they're recruiting. I don't want to say the same kind of person because not everyone's the same, but every student athlete comes in, has the same char- characteristics. I mean, they're all unique in their own way, but everyone buys into the system right away. They're all good kids. They're all willing to do community service, all great in the classroom, all student athletes. So it's that well-rounded individual that comes to Malloy, which fits so well into the community that really makes the athletic department special. And when they win, it makes it that much better. Oh, absolutely. And in, in the Rockville center community in our community, our regional community with Hempstead and everything, our athletes, in, uh, and all our students are well are well liked. Everyone knows that our students are are good people in the community, um, which has really helped the college a lot. Um, so we we there's different types of sports. Rugby, which is definitely a fall sport, it's contact. I mean, is that more at risk than say the volleyball or or you know, like a softball? I mean, softball's uh, obviously spring. Do, do, do you have you guys talked about the different types of sports like lacrosse or cross country maybe easier to uh, to operate than rugby? I think it's all there's still contact no matter what. So you're right in that a sport like tennis, you're really not interacting with another person um, in terms of you're not touching the same ball, you're not you know in close contact, but. I don't know that the discussions have been had about maybe we can do some sports, but not others. It's, um, it's more of a, are we going to, what are we going to be able to do in general kind of thing? Um, I think that if some are able to, it makes sense to try to do as many as we can. Um, it's more of a spectator. So that is the issue right now is if we're going to let people come to the field to watch or if they will be, we'll just be able to watch on the internet. Right. But also the, most of these athletes dorm in the dorms. And so that adds another layer of, of concern. So how are you guys communicating with the parents about dorms and everything? I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a fun job that you guys have right now. (laughs) I would say things that, I mean, it's on pause. We don't know. Nobody knows. So we're waiting. Um, We obviously can't make that decision. That is Malloy college going to have their dorms open in the fall. We don't, we don't know. Everybody's kind of in the same boat of just waiting and seeing. Right. Patrick, anything from you? (laughs) Or did Kelly hit it? Kelly covered it off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let me ask you one more question. Uh, You came from LIU Brooklyn. Uh, Patrick, right? That you were, you were LIU. Uh, Kelly, you you grew up through Malloy, didn't you? Didn't you go to college? So I, uh, I went to St. John's University. Oh, St. John's, but, okay. Um, I started here as a graduate intern and have not left. <laughs> and have not left. And you enjoying your time at Malloy? I do. I, Patrick has hit it multiple times that this is a special place with special people, and I think it's a place that is, it, it gets in your heart a little bit. It's just this family that you don't want to leave. So I think it's, it's different than a lot of other places in that how close people are and the community feeling that we have here. Right. And, and Patrick, you moved to Malloy from another college. Did you just feel that this was better fit for you or 
Uh, it's funny. I mean, college athletics are so big and they're just so small at the same time. So I went to St. Francis College and it was a lot very similar to Malloy, very tight knit, very special group. Everyone knew each other. And then I was working at LIU and I was only working 15 hours a week. And it's a great experience. I'm very grateful for what LIU has done for my career. But I was working the game at St. Francis and I came across actually Kelly's mom, who I knew for a while as a student at St. Francis. And uh, I, I was working at St. Francis. I was working at LIU at the time. She goes, you really like Malloy. And I knew Ann and I trusted Ann's word. So I interviewed at Malloy and I knew a couple people at Malloy and everything they said about Malloy was true when I took the job on campus. And just learned so much during this time and grown so much as a person, whether the nice part about working in division two at the communications department is so small. So you learn through fire. You just learn so much. There's so many, and our AD is great. Susan is great with letting us try different things and you try many different things and you grow so much as a person. And it's very good at growing just to work in the communication side, but also all that professional work. And it's been a great experience. Yeah, I love Susan Cassidy, too. She and I do a lot of work together. Um, we have a great communication. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple curveballs at you guys, so let's see how you guys let's do it. So if you're going to go, yeah, here we go. Here we go. I'm, we'll start with Kelly. Kelly, since since this is a theater uh, uh, podcast, yeah. what's your favorite theater show or, or movie or something? Like, what, what have you been doing in quarantine? I mean, you've been either on Netflix or stuff like that. What have you been watching? What have you been engaging in? Um, so my fiance is a big fan of the Sopranos, which I have never seen through completion. So we've been working our way through that, which has been very exciting. Um, I haven't had the chance to see a number of plays because work is so busy, but that's always been a background with mine. I was in pit band through high school. So musicals are always something that I enjoyed. I'm looking forward to when they are open again. Um, we had the opportunity to see the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh, that's um, fun, yeah. It was really fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting to do that. It's a nice way to escape, and it gives us something to do. But definitely working my way through The Sopranos right now. I don't, did you we, did you ever know that we had a, um, a big fundraiser with the cast of The Sopranos at the Madison Theater? I did it was, not. It was a couple years ago. It was for Crohn's disease, yeah. It was a lot of fun. So the whole I cast know. came out. We had a big event. They were on stage. We had we had a, a fantastic event. So Patrick, what about you? What have you been binge watching or or escaping this so it's pandemic? Actually, it's actually been nice. So uh, my favorite play, and I actually during this time we have Disney Plus, so I watched a play and the movie back to back nights. And I'm a big Newsies fan, and it's really. Oh, really? Yeah, I love Newsies. So it's really fun to watch Newsies on Broadway and just see the differences in the movie. And it was just an, a great play and a great movie and probably my favorite. And uh, it's actually nice during this time because of games and stuff at night. I'm never really home. So uh, every night as a family, we've been watching a different movie. So last night we watched um, Home Alone 1. The night before we watched Home Alone 2, we did it backwards based on what was on TV and just been touching on different movies. It's a nice time at uh, around 8 o'clock every night to, sit down, watch a movie, just have some fun to end the day. So it's been going well. I'm not really, I watched the last dance too, which I thought was very good. The Chicago Bulls documentary. So that was great every Sunday to get to watch, but been watching a lot of movies, not really big on binging shows. I mean, I watch the office when it's on, because it's just so good. But other than that, I just watch whatever's going on. Last man standing is another great show, which I binged before. So a, a couple of other things, but been doing well watching plays and movies during this time. 
No, that's great. It's after a while, it's just, you're tired of looking at the TV too. I mean, I'm tired of looking at the internet. I'm tired of looking at the at TV and you're just like, I just got to get out and walk or something. So I get it. Yeah. I've been, I've been uh, into arrested development right now, which has been a lot of fun. I just like comedies just so I can laugh and not, not remember things. So who is the uh, person that influenced you the most, Kelly, the person that rocked your world? That one person that as you were growing up or something that just changed you and just said and focused you and said, this is what I want to do, or this is, uh, you know. That's a really hard question. Um, I don't know that I can attribute that to one person. Um, I never knew what I wanted to do. Um, and my dad had always told me that I should do something that involved writing because I was, it, it was something that came naturally to me. Um, so he put me on to the major that I ended up picking. Once I got to school, um, my boss that I worked under at St. John's um, was in my role at a different institution before she moved over to what I worked in, not athletics, just regular communications. And she gave me this passion for the business that has still kind of stayed with me. And I think that's kind of guided me into what career role I've gotten. And then once I've gotten here, I think Susan Cassidy is a fantastic person to be able to work under and learn from. Um, so I think it starts at home, but it's it's kind of one person has gotten me to the next person who's gotten me to the next person. And I think that that's kind of how it's supposed to go. And I, I you just look for that to continue and to keep finding people that are inspiring to you. Right. And this is a follow-up on that. Did Is there... Uh, a dream job or is there some place that you've always wanted to? Um, so I started in college. I interned with WWE in Connecticut. It's a really yeah. fun company to be a part of. Um, it's a very different kind of office environment. And I just, I would love that. Like Patrick has been watching the last dance. We've been watching the last ride, which is the undertaker's documentary. So we've been having a lot of fun with that. And I just think it's a really fun company that if I was to ever get away from the uh, college sports side, it it's nice because it gives you that sports edge to it in that there is that storyline and there is that athletic involvement and they are performers and athletes, but it's it's in a different way. When you interned for them, did you actually write for them? I was a lot working, of it's scripted, isn't it? It is. A lot of it is. It's, I like to call it an athletic soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> it's all storyline driven. They just perform rather than... Um, acting or singing, they're doing it physically. Um, I worked in their community relations department. So I was responsible for um, fan packages and tickets and um, golf outings and community relation events like that, which was fun. It was a nice way to get to spread good things about WWE to other people that really, really needed it. Yeah. And, and they're the first sport that came back, weren't they? They have not stopped. They have not stopped. It's it's they truly amazing. Have not missed one one day. I mean, they're hurting and that they can't do their live shows, so they're stuck to just television opportunities. But they they did WrestleMania. They were able to do it a lot more theatrically, and that they don't have to worry about it being live. So they had some pre-taped matches that were much more story driven than athletic driven, which is really different. It's been it's kind of been nice to get to see, and it's been a little break because it's on three nights a week. So you're still following it closely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got my fiance into it. So he's even more into it than I was. I was more like just kind of watching because I feel like once you work at some place, you kind of have that affection for it. So you like to keep up on what they're doing um, where he's like super, he loves it. So it's been nice to kind of been able to bring both worlds together. And who's your favorite wrestler? Who's, who's your favorite personality? 
that's a hard question too. They're all so different. Um, I grew up loving Jeff Hardy and then um, I, everyone, I think after a certain age, loved John Cena and what he's been able to do for the industry has been fantastic. He's the next generation's the rock. Yeah. That's great. Karen Patrick, you're in the hot seat. So who's that one person that rocked your world or just changed you that just said, Oh man, I'm going to sound like a politician and name a whole bunch of people. Just going to start with my parents and my dad took me to my first hockey game when I was three and something clicked there. I mean, I, I guess I was a little strange as a kid. My mom expected me to come home sleeping, but I came home and I was running into the cabins pretending like I was checking someone. And it's very hard to say you want to work in sports media, but my parents always encouraged me to do it. And then Going into high school, the athletic director at Holy Trinity, Chris Hardart, was able to give me opportunities, whether it be PA, the writing, the going to St. Francis College, where Dave Ganzel hired me as a student worker and going over to Brian Morales and Rob DeVita, the current guy there. Everyone at St. Francis has been very supportive. My first boss, um, Dan Lobaz, was very supportive, even though I worked with him for a couple of weeks and everyone at LIU is great. And then uh, going over to Malloy, uh, working with Kelly, she's let she lets me do what I want want to do if it's work related and she lets me try it out and if it works great if it doesn't work we just I tried it and it failed but having the freedom there to do what I want to do and just make it work on my own if I want to learn that way and Susan is also another great example because she cares about the whole person I mean she's very faith-based she's very sports oriented so it's great working with her and getting that whole learning about what's it like being a well-rounded person in the business and being a positive influence on the world. And then uh, in college, I was lucky enough to intern under uh, the hockey maven, Stan Fischler. And Stan played a huge part in my writing and growing as a writer. So just a lot of people along the way, just helping that dream grow and continue to grow. So you always wanted to be in sports since you were three years old. That that was your, I did. your desire. I did. I wanted to be Sam Rosen, the play-by-play guy for the Rangers. And Again, a weird kid. I would sit in my driveway, shoot at the empty net, announcing different Ranger players scoring and all. And it was just a dream I had. And it's great working, covering every game with Stan in college. But when you get into the field, you realize play by play is a lot of a lot of a little harder to get into. And when you go into covering the Rangers, it's great because you get to interview some of your idols and people you looked up to. But when as you continue to grow, you realize that you really don't have much of a relationship with the people that you cover when you're working as a journalist, but working as an SID, you're able to have their relationship and cover the same team and promote the same team. And it's that relationship aspect, which makes the job really special because you see everyone all the time. And you get to know everyone as more than just an athlete. That, that's fantastic. Did you know that we actually had an Islanders event at the, at the theater? We had all the old Islanders. When they were moving from Nassau Coliseum to Barclays a few years ago, they did a big send-off where they had all the Islanders come, and they, we did a big press event and stuff. It was a lot of fun. See, we do a we lot of sports stuff. Good ones. You miss all the good ones. I know. Maybe we have to communicate better to the college. We weren't here yet, so <laughs> now we have to keep our eyes out moving forward. That's right. So did uh, has Kerry gotten you into the WWE at all? I do not watch uh, – I actually do watch WWE sometimes. Like some of my friends watch it. So if there's Dr. Pepper and the spicy queso with the nachos, I'll go there to watch, to eat and watch. But during it, I mean, I've been fascinated with uh, Bray Wyatt. I think the fiend, just a very interesting character, which I don't understand. He's very scary looking, but very popular. I, I don't understand it, but I'm just fascinated by him. But I don't know any other storylines or anything. <laughs> that, that's Patrick good. tolerates more than supports. <laughs> if the food's there, if the food's anywhere, I'll go watch anything. 
The food? Yes, the food. If people have food and some Dr. Pepper, it's my lore in the coming and hanging out. I like a good time. So whatever's on, and if there's free food, I'll go and watch it. Absolutely. I mean, when you when you think about sports, I mean, food goes along with it, tailgating, whatever. But, I mean, nobody goes to sports just for the sports. They go there for the food as well. Our, our, yeah, our, our Super Bowl party, it's all about the food. We turn the sound off and we just kind of watch the game with the sound off. And we all talk and we have food and we're celebrating. I mean, that's what we always do. So who, uh, what's your dream job? You know, is uh, Patrick, who, you know, if you could, if, you know, is it being that Ranger, uh, the color commentator for the Rangers play by play? If I were able to get a PR job in the NHL, it would really be a dream because it's more of that SID thing. And it's really great because you're able to get to know the players get to know the coaches the front office so a professional pr job would be great i mean i always wanted to work at a power five school but now that i get older i really like what we're going on at malloy and if i would have had to move on i would try a power five but it would have to be the right fit i mean i've been spoiled growing the school at st francis and malloy having that tight-knit community getting to know everybody where it would have to have that family-oriented feel for me to move on and go somewhere else Right, you're like Ohio State, you don't think as it would have a family it, feel. It probably does, <laughs> but I've had friends who work in the field, and Malloy and St. Francis are great. You have ten to twenty people work in the athletic department. A bigger school like Ohio State and Duke have three hundred people working in the athletic department, and I'm sure they have great camaraderie between all of them. It's just going to be an adjustment, like anything is when you move on. Right, but Malloy doesn't have hockey. No, but, are, you, are you trying to get them to start a hockey team no, here? But luckily, Luckily, at Malloy, I have the freedom to work side jobs when I don't have my responsibility at Malloy, and I know the facilities people and the communications people at LIU, so I'm able to work hockey games there. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Right. And Kelly, you were saying they have field hockey here? Oh, I said we get our fix. Oh, you well, get Patrick your fix. and I both enjoy hockey, and we've been able to get that through working with LIU, which has been fun. We actually um, – they had a playoff game, and Patrick and I and Patrick's old boss all worked the game together. Oh, really? <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Small College athletics is a very small industry. Yeah, it's like the entertainment world. You know, it's, it's big, but it's small. Everybody knows everybody. It's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know. <laughs> Well, follow-up question. So, you know, I know you're a huge, you must be a huge Ranger fan because you've talked about them a lot. So what would happen if you got, you know, hired by the Devils or something like that? Would you, would that be, would that crush you? The nice part about working with Stan was for two years, I covered close to 40 games a year covering the Rangers and I couldn't cheer. So I, I really think in that time, you really embrace the experience. And if it's any team, I mean, I, I mean, I don't hate, I don't dislike the Devils. I mean, if someone asked me to work for the Islanders, I'd probably do it too. It's just that great experience getting to work with the professional organization. And you realize it like, I, it really comes into perspective where it's like, I would leave the garden so many times and there are so many little kids waiting for autographs. And it's just seeing those little kids asking the professionals for their autographs. You get that fire back. You realize while you do it. So I may dislike a team as a fan, but as a professional, you have to act professional and you have to be able to work with them. And I think I'll be able to work with any professional sports team out there because it would be fulfilling that fire I had as a kid. And it's just continuing as I'm working at Malloy or wherever else, learning that professional aspect of the job and just conducting yourself the best way possible, which make that dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is great. So let's talk about your podcast. Do you have a podcast? What's it called? Let's give a shameless plug to your podcast, Kelly. 
Sure. So it's called the main stage. The main spelt like a lion. M A N E. The main stage, and it's not yes. from the main stage at the Madison Theater, though. Since we have a main stage, not, but we might maybe in the future we can make that work. We'll do a special edition from from the Madison Theater, which would be fantastic. Yeah, we do a lot of recordings. We do a lot of uh, video, you know, or uh, taping, so we could uh, set you up, and you could actually do a a video podcast as well um, for sports. Yeah, it would be great. Um, well, I want to thank you guys. I think we can stop there. Patrick uh, McCormick, thank you very much. Uh, Kelly Thompson, uh, they have been my guests. So check out their podcast. It it runs what's well, out on iTunes. And again, what is the name of it again? It is main the main stage. stage. The main stage. Um, I'm from Malloy College Athletics. And please tune in because uh, you'll find out everything that's happening in the community, the sports, and on campus from that podcast. And until then, we'll keep the seats warm for you here at the Madison. Bye-bye now. I want to thank producers Kathleen the Machine Marino, Eileen Swagger Sweeney, and the VP of Advancement, Edward the Terrific Thompson. Technical support and editing by Calvin the Great Guevara Flores. Graphic designs by Francis Bouncing Bonnet and Sarah Prancing Palazzolo.